What's up, everybody? Welcome to the No Picks After Dark podcast with your host, Aaron Dante, who brings you the hottest interviews with the dopest people sharing their experiences all across the world. Now, here's your host, Aaron Dante. Welcome to the No Picks After Dark podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. I want to thank all the listeners and all the new listeners for listening to the show. Thank you so much for all your support. We have an amazing show for you with amazing contributors. And the title of the show will be called Namaste to Hairspray. Again, we always show in positive light in the Baltimore community. And it's all about being positive. Folks, we'll be right back with these messages. At Fishnet, every plate served starts with the freshest, high-quality fish sourced from local waters whenever possible. You get fine dining excellence delivered in a cozy, unpretentious, fast casual setting. Delicious does not even begin to describe it. Everything I've tried is made from scratch and incredible. The best fish I've ever had. Check them out for lunch or dinner at Mount Vernon Marketplace. Get caught in the fishnet. You'll be glad you did. Menu and details at eatfishnet.com. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Hey everyone, it's Amber, your neighborhood urban designer. I want to talk today not about urban design, but about another passion of mine, a great organization called City Ranch. If it sounds familiar, you might have seen them featured on the news or on the uh, Tamara Hall show the other month. Um, City Ranch is a 501c3 nonprofit organization founded in 2007 with the mission of providing affordable equestrian experiences to kids in the city, uh, kids who normally would not have access to horses. And City Ranch's goal is to help develop positive character in kids through the responsibilities and joys of horsemanship, and to also bring back the long legacy of horses in Baltimore. Um, It's a legacy that uh, exists a little bit today uh, through what remains of the A-Rappers and thoroughbred racing at Pimlico, but is something that has largely been lost across the city. And uh, as someone who grew up horseback riding and uh, eventually helped run the Maryland uh, training and lesson program at the university, horses played a huge role in my development. And I, I just want every child to have that opportunity and to have that experience growing up. And that's how I ended up getting connected with City Ranch. Um, the ranch is located in Windsor Mill, so it's just outside the city. Um, I know that ultimately they would love to have a location in the city, uh, but right now they often transport or trailer the horses into the city and have programs with kids in um, over in West Baltimore. I know they were recently running a program over there in partnership with University of Maryland um, to provide riding experiences uh, and lessons for kids who um, were living over there. And this this model is actually seen in other cities. And so in Philadelphia, there's the Fletcher Street Urban Riding Club. Um, in Compton, there's the Compton Cowboys. Um, there's a, a great 2018 New York Times article featuring and interviewing some of the Compton Cowboys. And um, they share some really powerful quotes and talk about how even though they might live in a really dangerous area or be tempted to to go down a path that they know that they shouldn't, 
um, they feel like they are safe on a horse. They feel like they can escape that, that no one will mess with them, that they could ride down the, the middle of the street and cops won't pull them over or harass them, that ultimately the horses are revered throughout the community. And that escape is something that I feel when I'm at the barn. And although it's nowhere near as acute as um, some of the, the young men in, in Compton or even Fletcher Street are experiencing, um, that, that time of being at the barn and, and riding allows you to forget the outside world and truly live in the moment. Um, and what better experience to bring to the kids of East or West Baltimore And so um, I encourage everyone to check out City Ranch and um, you can, uh, they're always looking for volunteers. Um, You can uh, get on the wait list for a lesson. Um, I I believe that um, they, because of all of the publicity the past couple months that, um, that they've had a lot going on, but they're a really wonderful organization and I'm so happy to share that with you all today. The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly partnered with Remix Bar and Grill. Located at 819 East Pratt Street, just north of Harbor East, Remix is a sports bar offering a sole food menu. With over 20 TVs, pool tables, outdoor patio seating, and private rooms, Remix is set up to be your premier downtown destination to watch all your favorite sporting events. Open from 11 a.m. until 11 p.m., Monday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 12 a.m., Friday and Saturday, and 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Sunday. Check out Remix Bar and Grill on Instagram and Facebook under at R-Y-M-K-S Baltimore for daily happy hour specials, weekly events. Remix Baltimore. I bring you greetings from the Purple Charm Experience podcast, and I am your host, Chamara E. Fleming, but you can call me my. I'm a romance author, motivational blogger, and creative that on my podcast, I share information that is valuable content that is meant to motivate, aspire, and inspire you. And today I want to share with you a a wonderful quote by Dabo Sweeney. And he says, to be an overachiever, you have to be an overbeliever. Let's think about that for a second. When I think about being an overachiever, I must be an overbeliever. It starts with my mindset. And having a weak mind affects my ability to achieve. And so a lot of times we talk about the things of, you know, I, I'm a big believer in the law of attraction and manifestation and also aligning my mind with the things that I want and need in life. And being able to do so allows me to be able to achieve a lot of the things that I'm going after. And I think when we have weak mindsets, we can't get there. It's always an obstacle keeping us from that next level. So my my message to you today is allow your mind to be open. Allow yourself to be a believer, a strong believer, so that you may overachieve. If you like this quote, please join me on my podcast and take a listen to me each week on Wednesday when I drop a new episode. I'd love to have you. And 
If you want to learn more about me, please check out my website, www.creativecalfaray.com. Thank you so much, Aaron. Back to you. Pipe Wrench is a new online magazine. You'll find links to conversation pieces, playlists, essays, poems, and more by folks from all walks of life responding to the ideas in the main feature. Each issue is like a dinner party full of thoughtful, fascinating people inspiring each other to build on each other's work references and ideas you can read more from pipe wrench and subscribe online at www.pipewrenchmag.com all right hey welcome to minor confessions my name is laurel 80 and i have a guest host judd walker how are you today judd i'm doing well hi thanks for having me always a pleasure you know i love um what is it shooting the breeze with you i feel like uh-huh. you and i could shoot the breeze for a long long time all day, yeah. every day. And we yeah. have. And we have. And we will continue, I'm sure. Um, where did that come from, that phrase, shoot the breeze, do you think? Shoot the breeze. I don't know, but I like it a lot. I know I that. Too. It seems silly, but I guess if you're just talking about nothing, like you're shooting the breeze. Anyway, that's yeah. not what we're here for. I <laughs> I do. I just want to remind all folks who are listening that um, Judd is a former Baltimorean. You lived here for how many years? You were back and forth. On, and, on and off for six or seven years yeah. for yeah. two years full-time straight full-time. Through, yeah. yeah of the yeah. of those like let's call it seven years so like five years you know probably six months of the year and then two years mm-hmm. just there yeah. yeah yeah so you have a you have a solid Baltimore foundation and yeah you, yeah yeah that's great um well so today we're gonna talk a little bit about um there were some confessions about uh, bathroom usage and uh, and returning to work because now we're sort of in the time in the pandemic where like people are returning to work. And uh, one person said, I'm really nervous about starting my job again because I don't know where I'll poop. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I get people are, and then someone else said like, I hate, I hate going to the bathroom in public bathrooms. Like I, I don't yeah, feel comfortable. I don't like doing thing. it. Yeah, it yeah. is a real thing. And I responded to that one with like, well, okay, but I've always had to sit down in public bathrooms to go to the bathroom. And they were like, no, I just don't, I don't like it at all. Like not even, it, yeah. it was, it was a man. So I would, you know, it's he, not about I, the sitting. I don't like any right. part of it. Yeah. yeah. He was like, I just, I'm not, I'm not here for this at all. Like, I don't like this at all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't and, like walking through yeah. the door. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't like it. Yeah, yeah. 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 But so I, people have a lot of thoughts about like whether or not they want to poop in public bathrooms or not um, it is a it is uh use them at it all. is a thing for people mm-hmm. yeah 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 it is do you have any um yeah any so i have you know i have some thoughts on this yeah. <laughs> um i mean i don't i wish i don't have any like crazy lewd stories but what i can tell you is that for for me I can poop anywhere at any time. It's like my superpower. <laughs> I'm a, a really good, good I'm a really good sleeper and I'm a really good pooper. Um, yeah, my best friend jokes. I mean, she said it for years. We've been friends since middle school and she, her, one of her big things is Judd can go at any time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. Fantastic. And I, and I have, and I will hopefully continue to do so through these middle-aged years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I get it. My brother-in-law, uh, runs a real estate, a commercial real estate firm, and he cannot go in the office and will like wow. make trips home to, wow. he can't like he'll pee in the office, but if he has to do that number two, he like tries to wait all day. Like he essentially does not poop 
from whenever he gets into the office, you know, 8 a.m. or whatever, until he comes home in the evening. And, um, and, you know, that's how he's been doing it for like 30 years. He's worked at this firm. So incredible. Yeah. And he just like, if he really, really has to, then he has to make a trip home. That is (laughs) outrageous. I just like, I can't, I can't imagine not wanting to do that so badly that I would run a whole errand to go use the bathroom. You know, like that's a, that's a, that's a bathroom errand. Visit your neighborhood sanctuary and do wellness for a luxurious experience for everybody. Treat yourself and a loved one with a massage, facial, or an entire day of pampering with our deluxe spa day packages that include lunch from the restaurant next door, fire and rice. For more information on booking or purchasing gift cards, visit their website at endowellness.com or call at 443-438-4048. They look forward to welcoming you and your loved ones to their beautiful new space at Soha Union, located at 4801 Harbor Road, Suite 1. Welcome, folks, to the No Picks After Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Dante. I am so happy you're here with me today. I am on location in Bel Air, Maryland, folks. You know, I, you know, I go anywhere for a great story. A great story. I am there. I will not miss out at all. So, the person who's going to be in the show, I saw her on a mutual friend's page. I'm like, she got some really cool, dope stuff going on. And I was like, I got to have her on the show. So, finally, without further ado, Miss Sophia, how are you doing today? Hi, Aaron. Thank you so much for having or coming up to Bel Air, Maryland. It's so exciting to have you here with me. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited. And tell people a little bit about yourself. I mean, I came up here because I know you have a great story and just seeing your stories on social media has inspired me. So go ahead. Tell people. Well, I um, my name is Sophia Musto. I am 40 years old. I am happily married with three children. I have a 17-year-old named Sebastian, a 12-year-old named Luna, and an 11-year-old named Stella. And we just finished up elementary school, and now we're into middle school and high school driving. And then I've been married to my husband, Patrick, for 15 years, and I am a salon owner, solopreneur, like, hairstylist. I'd hate to say that I'm just a hairstylist because I'm more than that. I'm a hair painter. I'm a Zen setter. And I'm just an, I'm just your friend. I want to cheerlead you on from afar. Anybody. I love that. I love that. Now, are you from Baltimore? I am born and raised in my roots, a Baltimore hun for life. Now we are from the same area where I live now. You grew up. Correct. Northeast Baltimore. Yes, sir. That's it. I, and I always go back that I think that's how we started seeing each other more because I love cloudy donuts. It's something that I always go back down to and visit. It's like my treat. And I go on a little coffee date with my husband and we surprise the kids with donuts. I like that. I like that. I like that. So what is your fondest memory growing up as a child in Baltimore City? Uh, I, my fondest memory of Baltimore is Walther Garden Snowballs. There's nothing like it. I would go as a kid and I grew up privileged in the city. My dad was a city fireman and we had to live in the city for my dad to be a fireman. So he put us in private schools. So we were kind of in a sheltered community. But on weekends, he would take us and he would pick up underprivileged kids by the firehouse and take them to get snowballs. So I always 
always thought that they were just my friend. Like, I never realized that we lived different lives. I just thought we lived in different neighborhoods. And I still take my kids to Walther to get uh, ice cream on the bottom of their snowball. And then it was so cool when the mayor lived by the snowball stand. Mm -hmm. And then we understood, like, security. And it was just, like, growing up the city and seeing the roots of the city. And I just love my city so much. I love that. I love that. I love so what was one of your first jobs that you had, you know, what was it for your first job you remember? My very first job was I was a receptionist at a nail salon because I just loved the busyness, the chaos, the scent of the acetone, the, <laughs> the all the pretty colors and all the different people. So I worked in an Asian dominated salon and I became the receptionist there. Okay. Okay. Because we're going to get into... A little bit more about what you got going on here. Um, we're just going to give people a little background about you and lay the groundwork real quick. So, what 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 did you? What made you? Were there any entrepreneurs in your family that like had their own businesses that you that you watched growing up? My dad was a fireman, and then in order to provide the life that he gave us, he was a painter on the side. So he worked all the time. I mean, our summer vacation was my dad painting a condo. So we would go to the beach for my dad to work, and he would make us all go to the beach, and he would paint the condo so that we could go on vacations. Wow. Wow. I love that. Yeah. I, I love hearing these stories. This is what it's all about, about the podcast, getting you on her story so people really know what's going on. So that 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 really that's really, really boils down to. So how long have you lived or how long has your shop been in Harford County? I personally have owned my salon for four years in Harford County. What was the fa- your family's reaction when you were like, I'm opening my own spot? Like, were you nervous? Can you take us a little background about how you got into that? Well, you know, we're conditioned and programmed as children. Like, this is our, our supercomputer. And, like, I was taught that you needed a college degree to own your own business something which I do do not have. And it was really an insecurity of mine for a long time that I've really just recently grew out of because every, I am one of three daughters and my older sister and my younger sister both have their college degree and I didn't. So I just felt that nobody would believe in me. So truly I did it and didn't tell anybody until it was done. Wow. (laughs) So walk us through that process of you getting your own business. Like, I mean, how did you learn the background of getting the LLCs and things of that nature? Because you taught yourself, which is amazing. I love hearing that because there's so many entrepreneurs out here who want to be entrepreneurs. Give us a little sneak. Like, what did you do? Like, was there like, what did you Google everything or how did you go about doing this? I am very passionate about community. I love to be in community. I like to be surrounded with like-minded thinkers. And I joined a program called Workshop in a Box. And I always feel like sometimes it's good to have like pepper in your life and flavors in your life. So I joined a program that was based on the West Coast into like my soul's calling. So I hired a business coach from Utah and joined this community where they had modules each month to show the solopreneur on the best ways to run their business, to stay in their zone of genius while having others in their zone of genius help you have like the best business out there. I love that. I love it. People, we getting some jewels and gems today. <laughs> We're getting some behind the scenes action. I mean, come on. 
you know, she's taking me to church already. I love it. I'm I, an open book. I'd love to share it. I love this because it's all about sharing. It is. And I don't know why people keep the information to themselves. But. Because there's room at the top for all of us, you know? Like, you are you and I am me. And there's so many hairstylists, but no one is going to have my hands. No one is going to have my voice. No one is going to have my my soul. My, my creative, no one has that, just me. So when people start realizing and stop that comparison, that scroll comparison, and realize that you are your own unique, and if you give that guest the experience, that's what they want. If not, you cannot sell them that. You cannot be that for them, and there's somebody else that could. Nice, 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 nice. So you, got, you, get, you get your own business. You tell your family at the last second, what was Pop's reaction? What was the family? What was everybody talking about when they when they heard you got your own spot? You can do anything you put your mind to. We believe in you. And that is the greatest statement that anybody can say to anyone is, I believe in you. That That's beautiful because at the end of the day, your family believes in you. It goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And having them support you, that's what goes a long way. And I, I, lo- I love hearing that, folks. I love hearing that. So let's talk about the shop. Okay. Let's talk about the shop a little bit. So you got. The, I'm in this beautiful sh- shop. It is beautiful here. Thank I mean, you so much. It's on the main main drag in Bel Air. Bel Air, and I'm like, I, I missed it on the first time. Like, wow, it snuck up on me. <laughs> I had to drive around, but it's a beautiful shop. The ambiance is relaxing. I feel like I'm in a spa. I do. I really do feel like oh, I'm in a spa. Nice. Like, just very very relaxing. Um, so your customers, you brought them from Baltimore. They came from Baltimore. Yes. How hard was it to convince your customers to come all the way out here like a 35 minute drive? I I feel so loved. I feel so loved. I can't believe people will take that time for me because time is so valuable. And for someone to take an hour and a half out of their day just to drive to see me means the world to me. And that when they do that, I want to give them the experience and I want them to feel loved not only on the inside, but love themselves on the outside. So I just always was honest with my guest and invited them into my life. So I originally brought my clients to my home before I brought them to a salon. Because as I said, I was a mother of three. So I I hustled at home to live my dream and to provide because we didn't have family that funneled money to us. My husband and I are both um, college graduates with trades. My husband was in the Navy and I went to hair school. And we didn't have education or loans or anything. So we were hustlers. Wow. So when they kind of, so when you opened up, people are driving out here. Yep. The love, the love had been real because it's like the same, <laughs> like where'd you get your clientele from? Like where'd they come from? Like Towson. Okay. So it's a hike even more from Towson right, to here. Right. And what's, did you work at another salon before you got here? I did. I, I started my career on York and Seminary Road at, Coco and Buff. Okay. And I was so lucky because I graduated a hair program and the owner's son owned that salon and I was invited to work there. And I felt so lucky like that I was their star student and I got to work for the owner. And then from there, I went to work at About Faces in the Kenilworth Mall and really built my clientele from those two locations. Then I started coming more north this way so I went to White Marsh Bubbles and then I did hair at my house and then I worked for a spa in this area before I went on my own. All right, all right, folks, we're going to take a quick 
break, and we'll be right back after these messages, all right? The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there is something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, carryout, and delivery. And they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Harford Road. Open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m. Or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. And folks, we are back. I mean, this episode is number five. Miss Sophia is crushing it. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, man. You know, again, she hair about Miss Sophia. I call Miss, and it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's an amazing shop. And she was just talking about, we, you know, about where she started, where she's come from, and things of that nature. So let's, let's get into the meat of things. Let's get into the meat. Let's get into the meat. So are you the only person working in your shop right now, or you, do you have other hairstylists? I am I am a one-woman show. Okay, okay. Did you ever want to have other people in your shop, or how does that work out? I My goal was to have other people here, but I wanted to have people, I wanted to be a strong leader. So when I got into that program, the workshop in the box, I learned that I wasn't ready. So at the end I was like, okay, then I'll reevaluate my plan. So I have a couple girls in mind that I want to work with, but I don't want anybody to work for me. I want them to have their own business. I want them to be like, yeah, this is the hair by Sophia Musto umbrella, but I want to teach you to be like color by, extensions by, barbering by lashes by let me help you learn from my mistakes because by god i made them you, you, you hit it right there learn from my mistakes when i started this podcast journey i had no what the hell idea what i was doing i had no idea what the what to buy i had no idea what i was doing and i wish i would have had a mentor somebody mentor me and say hey you do this do that and nobody did so i was just you know i burned a lot of money because I had no idea what, you, what I was doing. And I love what you're talking about, mentoring somebody, getting somebody learning so you can learn all the mistakes you learn and go from there. So I kudos to you, and I love hearing that. I love that's positive. I love that positive Aww. spin on it. That That's beautiful. I really do. really do like that. Yes. So let's talk about, you know, we, we talk about all the COVID, everything was happening in the world. What trials and tribulations have you gone into that right now, like, it's like, it's, for work and just well let's let's go brief rewind before covid what trials and tribulations did you have with working so when i don't work i don't get paid when i have a baby i don't get paid i have to plan ahead for that and i had some health issues and sometimes when the mind at, is at disease it creates disease right. so my mind wasn't right i went in, i was a young mother i had some trials and tribulations there and then i was an independent artist i had some trials and tribulations there and i was trying to find that work life balance to give everybody the best sophia because i wasn't giving the best i was tired and burnt out and exhausted and i can't pour from an empty cup and i learned that the hard way as well wow. so when i wasn't taking care of me it affected my health mm. so i got very sick august of 2019 and it's something that is like i get sick and then i don't really take care of myself i get sick i don't really take kind of like just keep going with the hustle and that flow that 
isn't best for me because I wasn't eating healthy. I wasn't drinking water. I wasn't getting proper sleep. And I missed a lot of work. So I slowly got back into work and then the world shut down. Mm. And I was in the pers- like the process of buying a home. Mm. And we thought, my husband will be fine. He has the job. And I had to close my salon on March 13th, 2020. So I got sick August 19th. And I had um, whooping cough. <laughs> I did not have COVID, but it felt like COVID. And I was sick for six months with a cough that you can't really work on people when you're constantly coughing. And like back then there weren't masks. I couldn't even wear a mask in March. I tried before COVID even happened. I was trying to wear a mask to serve my guests because I was being rude with my coughing. <laughs> so the world shut down. We were in the process of buying a home. Mm. My husband got laid off of his job for 15 years, which we never thought that that would happen. So we had two unemployed parents for 13 weeks. We were not able to get any help from the government that entire time. So when you're not taking care of yourself and you eat processed foods and things like that, you really aren't taking care of yourself, which I learned. So it was kind of like a slow like spiral into bad behaviors and unhealthy living that I realized I needed to step back. So I personally hired a personal coach as well as my community so that every week I was held accountable for my actions so that I could turn my bad behaviors into good behaviors. And when I say bad behaviors, when you feel like shit, I'm sorry. You're fine. Okay. When you feel like that, then you start to talk like that. And then you start to act like that. And when somebody's getting their hair done, I don't want to be gossiping and talking low vibrating conversations. I'm a dreamer. I want to travel. I want to be on an experience with you and learn about you. And I just wasn't in that space. So from the shutdown, I was in survival mode. Like how could I get back to the hustle and what was I going to do? But then the coach reframed my thinking into you have a gift when this is over. And if you don't take care of yourself, the people you serve is going to be, ugh. you need to be there for them and give them an experience that they went through something traumatic. This is the first traumatic thing that I now could be on an even playing field with somebody because I've suffered trauma. And it's really hard when you have conversations with people that had, some people have never had any trauma, like a trauma to them might be like their cat dying. And that's the worst thing that they've ever experienced. And that is traumatic. But there's people that have lost children. There's people that have lost their parents. There's people that have witnessed murder. There's so much more that you just don't even know. And I wanted to have my mind at the best space for my clients. I wanted to have the best conversations with them. And I wanted them to have a grateful heart and spirit to see that we survived a pandemic, that we got to the other side and we are living and breathing and we should be thanking our body and our mind and our hearts every day that we woke up to breathe another breath. Did your husband, was he able to get another job? Not during that time, but he was fortunate enough to go back to his job right. at that after it was over. But you know, when you go back, you don't get paid right away. So it was 15 weeks. So we thought, okay, everybody was on pause. We'll be able to buy our house now. We lost all that money that we invested into mm. that home. 
So then I am very optimistic. I think, well, get another house. So we go all the way through, and 10 days before closing, we find out that home cannot get internet ever. It is 14 miles from the salon. Oh, my goodness. And it's like something so silly. So I really had to aerial view the life and see, like, I have a husband. I have three healthy children. We have it all. Like, I have a job that I love. Not many people have that. And my husband has a job which he loves. So we just had to reevaluate where our passion and our love was and how could we serve and help others and spread that. Mm. <laughs> Folks, live and direct. I mean, that, that's that's real. That's real talk right there. Um, we're at the end. We're, we're, we're out of COVID kind of sort of. Um, how's business for you when you open back up or whatnot? How's business going? The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly sponsored by Maggie's Farm. Located at 4341 Hartford Road, Maggie's Farm offers a unique dining experience with delicious handcrafted cocktails and mouth-awarding cuisine from falafel to scallops and everyone's favorite honey sriracha cauliflower wings. Open for dinner from 4 p.m. until 10 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday and serving brunch Saturday 11 a.m. to 3 p.m and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. with delectable chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, biscuits and gravy, and more. Check out Maggie's Farm on Instagram and Facebook for daily and weekly food specials as well. It's been steady. It's been very difficult to work with the public. I'm going to keep it to you straight. People have a lot of opinions. The world is at a tough place and people say things sometimes that they think is okay and it's not it's not and I had to be a voice of that's not okay and I won't I've been screamed at I have been hung up on I have been called unworthy and that is not it's not human to do that to another human. I, I don't even know how to say that. But what I am strong enough to realize is that is a projection and that has nothing to do with me and everything about that person. So clients have really been watching a lot of TV and listening and having their own agendas imprinted into their brains. And spending three to four hours with somebody is worse than sometimes a family dinner. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. I mean, you probably hear everything when people are sitting in the chair. Yes. You know, um, is there are, are there any different practices that you are that you're doing now that you learn from COVID that you're doing differently as far as how many people are in the shop at a time? Or how many, what days you have customers and how do you work that out now? Uh, so because of COVID, I wanted to give my clients a very healthy, clean experience because people you just don't know how they feel some people want to talk to other people some people don't want to talk so now I do completely one-on-one -on -one with me and the client I did try to bring in an assistant and and have a shampoo assistant and some of my clients weren't comfortable with another person touching them mm. so before that was common practice you would have a shampoo girl you would have a receptionist so I moved to contactless checkout I moved to online solely booking so that way there there is no receptionist. A client can book whenever they want. And I simplified my website and systems to make it easier for the client. And I have been educating them in my chair as to how to do that. Wow. I mean, like I said, the world's changed. Yeah. And it's a little bit different how we do 
do things now. Yeah. As far as, you know, hey, instead of just walking up, hey, can I get it put right in the book or not? No, it's not like that anymore. So always, what about like as far as your safety during COVID? Were you worried that you might bring COVID home to your kids? Were you worried about like, did you did you have clients say, hey, did you have a fever? Was there an outline that you had to go before they came in or? Thank you so much for asking me that. You're the first person that has ever asked me that. Not one client has ever like asked me how I felt about this. I have been scared to death. I've been scared to death that I could kill someone. That's what I felt every day. I saw an elderly woman every week and I was the only person she saw. And that was a lot of responsibility. Every week I was the only person she went. She never went to the grocery store. She never went anywhere. So if she came down with COVID, I would be one of the number one reasons. Market research showed that transmittal was very low. I started getting my salon cleaned. I got all the breathing machines. I had the proper mask. I supplied the mask for my clients. I made it as systemized and easy as the new normal, next normal as I possibly could. But that responsibility weighed heavily on me. So it weighed heavily on my husband. It created friction for my husband. My husband just left his job of 15 years because the last year and a half has been so hard because his work wouldn't wear masks. They continued to go to church. It was on the news. Like they kept getting COVID. So we had to, I had to get tested and I almost missed Thanksgiving with my family. My children were never able to go back to school. People didn't realize the sacrifices that me and my children made to serve them to do their hair. So when I started really becoming confident in the service I was providing and what I was giving, I feel like sometimes the trash takes itself out that like, I don't need someone projecting onto me what they think is right when I have sacrificed and did more than a lot of others during this time. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's deep. It's, it's deep. I mean, just even thinking about most things, I had an encounter with my nine to five job and like I said, I'm not going to say what it was, but I went to a meeting and I remember I was the only one wearing a mask and it was interesting because we were outside, which was Again, we nobody really knew in the beginning what was going. Nobody really knew, and I remember we were all outside, and I was the only person with the mask on. And it was like a peer pressure moment because I was like, "I'm doing business with these people, and they're looking at me differently because they all have masks off." So it, then you think about, I got to bring some home to my family. My kids are able to get the get the shot, you know, whatever, whoever. And that's the problem. So, you know, things like that. So I always ask people because you deal with the public one-on-one. Mm-hmm. You're hands-on. Mm-hmm. And I always try to look at the aspect of what things you might have thought of every day going to work. Or you stressed out. You know, you just explained it. You know, you're going home to your kids, your family. You don't know. You know, your husband's dealing with people who aren't wearing a mask. It's terrifying because, you, you know, you don't want that getting back to your family. Not it's, a, it's a huge burden. And, and then transmittal. Right. I mean, I am touching people more than a doctor. I don't know if you've been to a doctor. Have you been to a doctor? Yeah, I've been to one. I A doctor is wearing a face shield, mm-hmm. an N95 mask, which I could not get. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get hand soap. I had to close my salon two days before the shutdown because I was unable to buy hand soap. Mm. I was unable to buy the ingredients to make hand soap, mm. which was insanity to me. And I was like, this is crazy. But the mask... I, I had people, 
I stopped the paper and made my door consent because it made it easier to have the conversation. I didn't make the rule, but I love my community. And if protecting my community was wearing a mask, hell yeah. If you told me that if protecting my community, I should wear no pants tomorrow, I would do it. (laughs) I would try to adjust my schedule so I wouldn't have to be in public. But if I had to, I, I would because I love my neighbor as myself and I love my children more than myself and the thought of giving them anything. And now it's really reframed my mind in the future. And I want to stay safe for them, myself and my community. Cause I know, I know a couple um, salons who had closed for three months. I was one like, of them. They were like, you know, we're not dealing with this. Because they knew holiday time, everybody's the family. <laughs> everybody's doing whatever at the New Year's. And, you know, I even go to another wellness place. They closed two weeks after New Year's. They were like, we, we want to make sure everybody's good mm-hmm. before we come back and whatnot. So I applaud you for you, what you're doing out here. And I really respect everything you're saying. You're bringing mm-hmm. the truth. I mean, that's your truth. And I really appreciate you. you taking time and uh, talking about that. So we're going to talk about, we're going to do something called speed round. Oh. It's a fun thing. I love games. We're gonna we're gonna light we're gonna light we're gonna lighten it up a little <laughs> okay. bit. Okay. So, what is your favorite group you've ever seen in concert? Music concert. Oh, Violent Femmes since 1994, and they signed my shirt and they signed my record. And my husband, when we moved into our dream home, he had it framed and matted, and it's in my bedroom. And I smile at it every morning. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Blister in the sun. What is your favorite thing to do when you're not at work? I love to spend time with my family, just laughing and sitting on our screened in porch. Or I love the beach, just walking the beach with them and being with my little golden. I love it. I love it. Crabs or crab cakes? Crabs. I got it. With vinegar. With vinegar. I, I'm all about crabs. I like it because you can talk with people. You're sitting there eating. You're yes. having that conversation. So I love that. Me too. Drums or flats? For chicken wings. Oh, hell yeah. Flats all the way. I love it. I love it. Okay, here we, let's see if we're going to pass this one. Blue cheese or ranch? Blue cheese. Yes, yes, let's go five. get wings. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite wings? Ooh. I'd love to go on wing tours. I do. I, You know, I, I can't say because I have restaurants that work with me. So I'm not. Okay, okay. I, okay. Got, I, got, I want to try Maggie Farm, the um, sriracha honey. I've, I like, oh, yeah. I was drooling they're, listening they're, about that. They're, they're good. Oh, I've never. Now I'm like donuts and wings after 75 hard. That's my total cheat meal. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Snowballs or ice cream? Snowball. Okay. Okay. With ice cream on the bottom, like I said earlier. Are you an egg custard person? Hell no. Okay. Chocolate. That's a Maryland thing. I know. I don't like custard. I don't either. Egg custard, I'm good. No, I like chocolate with marshmallow and vanilla ice cream on the bottom. Or fireball. Ooh. Okay. okay. With marshmallow and vanilla. Okay. Your favorite TV show? My favorite TV show of all time is Curb Your Enthusiasm. Great show. Love Larry David. Larry David David is just something. There's there's an episode that was called The Cut and Chat. It's one of my my favorite episodes. Okay. Where you meet somebody and like, hey, and you cut and chat. And then he calls people like, you're doing a cut and chat. It's like one of the coolest episodes. I have to rewatch that one. I love the doll episode. You cut the doll's (laughs) hair. I was was crying in that episode. I love Larry David. I love Larry David. What is the best advice you've ever received? Don't take advice with anybody that you're not willing to trade places with. Okay. Tell us what inspires you every day. 
my children, they're my why. Just to see their smiles and to realize that the world is just so big and so amazing. And where are they going and what do they want to be? And I just want to support that and keep their smiles growing. Where can we find you on social media? I mean, you you are the reels queen. You killed, <laughs> you crossed the reels. Where can we find you on social media? Where can we reach out? Where can we give us all? Are you on TikTok now? I am. Okay, so we got, okay, go ahead. So, yeah. so my TikTok is at Zensetter and my Instagram is just my name, Sophia Musto, and I'm Sophia with a PH. And then my Instagram is hair, I mean, my Facebook is hair by Sophia Musto. So you got a lot of things going on, folks. A lot of things going on. Yeah, fun stuff. Miss Sophia Musto, thank you so much for being on the No Pixar Dark Podcast. Really appreciate it. This has been an amazing, informative conversation. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Aaron, so much for coming up here and spending time with me, getting to hear my story. And I loved meeting you. We all have a story to tell. Yeah, yeah. All right, folks. Love, peace, and happiness. We're out. Namaste and hairspray. (laughs) 